Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 22 of the Commando Voice. On this episode, I speak to the owner of Matic, a local marketing agency in Stanwood, Washington. Please welcome Adam Kopp. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. On this episode, I get to speak to Adam Kopp, who is the owner of Matic, a boutique marketing agency here in Stanwood, Washington. And uh, he, they've worked on some projects with um, some, some of the local businesses here in this area, such as Windermere, uh, Arrowhead Ranch, uh, as well as the Discover Stanwood Camino Project, and even for some of the local events like GlassQuest. Um, but we get into um, a lot of different things like the difference between marketing and branding and how those relate to one another and how they're different. Um, he's got a huge um, experience in creativity and marketing and branding. And so it's a great, it was really fascinating for me, uh, as well as uh, some of the tactics that we get into. We get into some stuff um, focused here on the local community. So um, be sure to take notes during that time. So anyways, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Adam Kopp. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Commando Voice. Today, I'm here with Adam Kopp. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for joining me on the podcast. So before we get started with everything, tell us a little bit about Adam Kopp. A little bit about me. Well, that's obviously a wide, wide question, <laughs> but um, um, my wife and I have been on Kamano for the last seven years, and and so I guess when I think about me as of now, as, as a family man, we really enjoy it out here. And um, But my background is a creative background, <clears throat> and I was graphic designer, creative director, um, so a lot of a lot of my professional career has been shaped um, around marketing and and creative direction. Um, so I kind of went from family man to you know professional. But uh, when it comes to when it comes to me, uh, I'm a pretty straightforward person and and like to work hard and and uh, uh, enjoy spending time with my family and really uh, making a difference in the world for a little part that I can. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I get to see, I mean, you, you post a lot, um, on your, on your Instagram and your socials, kind of you and your family and the, the ability of, um, kind of being a owner allows you to have that flexibility and spend more time with your family at times. So, yeah. And I try to mix it together. You know, it's kind of become one thing mm-hmm. because, uh, uh, having, having your own company, you know, the, the lines become blurred, whether yep. you're working at nights or weekends or mornings, uh, I get the advantage of, you know, taking the kids to school in the mornings from sometimes, but then mm-hmm. sometimes I'm in the office at five, six in the morning because that's just what happens, you know, what yep. needs to happen. Yeah. So it's good. You know, I, I enjoy the balance and, and, uh, it, it's a, it's a good blend. So, uh, thanks for, thanks for noticing, I guess. Yeah. So <clears throat> what brought you guys to Kameno? Well, about... My wife and I, about seven years ago, were, were looking for uh, our first home. 
We were, uh, I was living in Seattle at the time. I'm originally from Chicago. I moved out from Chicago. Uh, I moved out here to the, the Pacific Northwest about 12 years ago. And, and so when we were looking for our new home, uh, my wife is originally from Vancouver, BC. So okay. we uh, really wanted to have the advantage of being able to get to BC as well as get to Seattle. So we started looking at uh, homes a little bit north north of Seattle. And it was one property in particular that, you know, uh, captured our eyes. So we drove up here one day, and it just happened to be one of those beautiful days on Camano Island that, you know, the sun was shining, everything, all the stars were aligned. And, <laughs> and uh, we found a great property and put an offer in that day, the first time we'd ever been here. So it really was not as calculated <clears throat> as you would hope or think, but... Uh, it just kind of put us here, and and uh, we've really enjoyed it ever since. So very, that was yeah, seven years ago. Very cool. Yeah, and it's surprising how many people that that is their story of how they got to Camino. Yeah. Um. It. I'm hearing it more and more talking to people in interviews and just in conversations. Oh. Yeah, and and so it obviously the drive on island was a big uh, selling point for us because we were also looking on properties on Bainbridge and Whidbey, and we just didn't enjoy the process of even waiting for the ferry to look at the property, let alone <laughs> going back and forth. So we, so I think I knew that it was a drive-on. Uh, I'm not sure if I did or not, but either way, we came on. It just was so easy. We didn't feel like it, and but we had a little bit of that island life. But then, you know, it felt great that we could get off as soon as possible <laughs> or whenever we wanted to. And, and then, you know, roughly two hours to Vancouver – you know, roughly an hour and a half to Seattle, you know, felt like it was a nice spot for us. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, very cool. So then, um, <clears throat> what were you doing prior to moving to this area then back in Chicago? What was your, that, is that where you grew up then? Um, my, that's kind of, I, I moved there in high school. I'm, I'm from the Midwest. I originally grew up in Kansas city, lived in Florida. I actually lived in Hong Kong, um, for a couple of years as a, as a, as an infant, but, uh, Chicago, uh, was there from about grade school or, or I should say middle school on. And so when I, when I say home in Chicago, my parents are still there. My okay. brother's there and so forth. But, um, so I was, uh, again, the, on the creative side. So I was a graphic designer, worked at a couple agencies in Chicago, uh, started, uh, started my own thing for a little while there. But when I moved to, um, to Seattle, I was working for a few various startups, uh, in the, predominantly in the sports industry. Okay. And uh, again, with that creative kind of niche, so became a creative director for a startup, and that was uh, that's what really mostly drove my professional career in Seattle. Yeah. Um, prior to starting Matic. Okay. So did were you did you go to school for that, or is that just a natural bent? Yeah, I went to University of Iowa for uh, graphic design was uh, my, I guess I got a Bachelor of uh, Fine Arts in graphic design and um, knew I always wanted to do something in the creative field, uh, didn't exactly know what, um, you know, back, so that was to uh, 2002 that I graduated mm -hmm. and so... Um, 
you know, I went to school when things were, you know, we still had art classes that were not all computer-based. Yeah. You know, so we were still in that fine arts world. Of course, some of it was, was computer, but um, it wasn't predominantly like it would be today. Right, and right. And so um, it was, wasn't until <clears throat> I started working that uh, I knew that that's the, the world that I wanted to kind of go into. And it just kind of, you know, just kind of followed or flowed nicely yeah. based, based on what I, what I enjoyed doing. And, um, you know, the agency world was my first job mm-hmm. and, and that's, uh, that's what kind of kickstarted off. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious just because you were in that, uh, the fine arts when it was still less computer based, do you feel there's things that have been lost from switching to that computer based? Um, I don't think so because I mean, we took, I was taking like painting classes and like, I remember my professor, uh, he would like, at one point we, he bl- had us put a blindfold on and we painted and I was like thinking like, what is this going <laughs> to do for, you know, how am I going to get a job with this? You know? And so it was at the <laughs> university of Iowa that I actually went and worked for the university okay, and worked <clears throat> for their marketing department. And then, and so I learned more at that part-time job than I did actually at, uh, I'm trying to remember the professor's name, but <laughs> I mean, he was a very, you know, smart guy and, 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 you know, I'm sure he had some, you know, some strategy there, but it, it, you know, it was interesting <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Okay, so then you were you moved from Chicago to Seattle, and then you were doing that. You were living. Were you living on Camino Island, then driving, commuting to Seattle? Um, yeah. So I was first when I first moved to Seattle. I was kind of bouncing back and forth between uh, Vancouver and Seattle with my uh, fiance at the time <laughs> before we got married, and so we would kind of go back and forth, and 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 then. So I, I was employed in, in Seattle for mm-hmm. sure when we bought the house on Camino. And the so that was seven years ago. And mm-hmm. so the commute for that first four years wasn't that bad, <laughs> but uh, increasingly got worse over the four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I and then I've been not doing the commute for three years now. And so I can only imagine it's gotten <laughs> even more worse. Yeah. Uh, so it's just interesting to see how how much it got uh how much more time got added you know? right i think at one point i remember driving in it took me three hours to get from camino to because my office that i worked at was right by the stadiums okay and i'm and i'm sure there was a, there was a couple accidents and a couple of things it wasn't the norm but like right three hours one way was not something i was interested in yeah not sustainable long term yeah right yeah and that you'll notice now driving down it's like that traffic hits earlier and earlier as you're driving down south yeah it just feels like so. it doesn't stop and then coming back north it right. just it's never not busy yeah so no you either it's have to keeps growing get somebody in the car with you because that's obviously very helpful mm-hmm but, um, yeah, it's very, uh, you know, obviously I, I, I enjoy going to the city. We've got a couple of clients in Seattle. We spend some time down there, but the daily commute can be a bit right. of a grind. Yeah. No, I love visiting cities and enjoying them for like a weekend. And then right. I like leaving cause yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to just drive and not have to stop and go and That's right. all that. Um, okay. So then when did you actually start Matic? 
Yeah, so three years ago, October, so just like last month, was okay. our third year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, I guess I should take one step back. I actually started Matic in 2006. So as a, as a freelance graphic designer in between some of my agency time in Chicago, I started, I started Matic, uh, bought the domain, was a graphic designer, and, and so I you know, established in 2006 and kind of had that along as a bit of my side hustle throughout mm-hmm. the whole time of you know, working for various companies and always had aspirations of doing it, but um, just couldn't ever pull it together. Right. And obviously, it's a little bit nerve-wracking to go out on your own as well. So mm-hmm. I, I think when I think back now, I think I needed the uh, 18 years of professional experience to uh, have the confidence and the know-how <clears throat> to, to go out and do it on my own. Yeah. Um, so I think every entrepreneur has their own journey. And so I really enjoyed working for various companies. And it allowed me to, you know, grow and learn as a professional and really find out the areas that I wanted to focus on. And then, um, and so, so that was 2006 that I started Matic officially, but then in 2016, uh, is when I opened, uh, the office in Stanwood. So okay. Matic is like an agency. So right. prior to that, it was just me personally, but yeah. now we're, we're an agency with more than one person. Okay. What does, where does the name Matic come from? So Matic is actually my first name spelled backwards with a K for my last name. So oh, okay. <laughs> at the time I was literally looking for the shortest domain possible. Right. Because I really wanted to, uh, have, uh, I didn't want it to be like Adam Cop creative or anything of mm-hmm. that nature. So I, 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 you know, through various Google searching and, and it just kind of came together, uh, Matic.com was available. So I smashed yeah. it up. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> um, so for listeners, how do you define branding and how does it compare and relate to marketing? Well, I mean... You know, branding is a lot of people talk about it being your logo, and and I look at branding as your reputation, right? So if uh, if the people are going to work with your business, or you know, you're going to have a reputation on whether you're uh, whether it's good or bad, you know, kind of on the on the streets, if you will, you're mm-hmm. just going to be known for certain things, and so I think that's that's really your reputation, or sorry, your brand is the reputation, the, the actual experience that people get when they visit your establish or, or deal with your company or even you as a person, right? So uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of influencers mm-hmm. these days are individual people. Right. That's a brand on their own. So it's really their own, it's your own experience that you have with, uh, with these individual uh brands and so then it's really the reputation that kind of comes with it right and uh, i want to jump in real quick so what are your thoughts on personal branding versus company branding um again i i mean i like it i think Mm -hmm. it's i think it's important people want to deal with humans Mm -hmm. right like people want to hear from people there's always people in companies Mm -hmm. uh, even if there is a company name behind it there's the people behind it that are that are driving that whether it's the owner or the employees or, or whatever, but um, it's uh, it's the I guess I, I like that personal brands are a thing because it's again it's it's our reputation. So prior to the internet, it yeah. was what people thought about you when they interacted with you. Right. Like, so. 
back when they interacted with you at the mall, like what did the, you know, what was that experience like? Uh, what were you known for? That's mm-hmm. your brand. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then how does that relate to marketing to you? So, I mean, marketing is kind of you, you know, utilizing uh, the services that are available to everybody to get your brand out there, right? So you've got, you've got a brand. I mean, I, I, I follow yourself on, on Commando Commons and the, mm-hmm. and the brand that, that you've put out there. You brought a face to uh, the establishment, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, which is important, right? So you know who you're dealing with. You know who you can interact with. And, and so marketing is just using all the tools that we all have access to uh, to get your brand out there. And and so it's uh, how good you use them, how good the creative is, and how clear your message is, that all of that kind of combines into a successful uh, marketing campaign. Okay. And so would you say, like, with marketing, you're more aiming at, like, specific campaigns or projects that you're kind of working on I guess more like there, I mean, there are long-term marketing campaigns, but they're kind of campaigns versus branding is who you are and what you represent. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I guess that makes sense. And I mean, I just go back to the brand is your reputation. Like Mm -hmm. I'm always have been known as the creative one. So if you're going to get a group of, you know, professionals in the room, uh, uh, depending on you know the 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 gather of people you're going to get in, there's usually there's the finance guy, there's the you know um, I'm kind of blanking on different the kind systems of, guy. Yeah, the systems guy, the operations yeah. you know guy or gal, I should yeah. say. And um, but everybody's kind of known for what they can bring to the table. Yeah. And uh, so that's been my brand, and me personally, and then I've dub that into Matic as a company as well, be, being the driver of it and hiring different creative people because that's the the part of, you know, the piece of the puzzle that we wanted to focus on. Yeah. Right? So when people, when when we interact with companies, you know, our clients or potential clients, like we we feel like, and then, you know, we hit that, that marketing bucket, but then how does that dovetail over to sales, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of the next, kind of the the next bucket closest to marketing, right? Is uh, how does that close transactions, which is what most business owners are really interested in, right? But you 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 got to you got to do both sides. Both. Yeah, yeah, you can't do one without the other, right? So would you say like with Matic, is it um, focused on being the creative? Um, piece to that puzzle or or do within the organization you kind of cover all of the pieces we definitely cover all of the pieces okay uh we're we're a full size or i should say a full Full service service. uh boutique agency whereas we're a smaller house uh, less than 10 people that are focused on a full wide range of services but we want to we want to help you know, usually our entry in the door because of our brand is the creative side. But then once we help people organize that, it's like, great, you can have the, you know, you can have the fanciest billboard in the world, but how does that convert, right? Mm-hmm. So then we want to help, you know, bridge that over to the sales side and really marry those together into one experience. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we're trying to do, which many agencies do that, but we're trying to create our own kind of reputation of, of being able to come in, clean things up, get everything polished, you know, help streamline uh, systems and and all the creative, as well as uh, 
you know, keep the the bottom line in in mind because right. uh, uh, otherwise we're adding to that yeah. because we're an expense on top of it. Right. Well, and and I think <clears throat> you know I've I've done some reading and and research into branding, and one of the big things is being able to get <clears throat> everyone on the same page because you walk into probably ninety percent of businesses, local, far away, whatever. And you go to just any team member that they have and you say, what does your company stand for? If you ask 10 employees, you're probably going to get 10 different answers. Right. So I think having that as a, you know, a base of making sure that the whole team is on the same page of what you guys stand for. Yep. Um, I think that's really important. So. Yeah. So there's the whole internal part of that, mm-hmm. which then affects the external, uh, especially if you have, you know, a, f- a good amount of employees and that's the challenge of any business is, is and as things are constantly changing, how do you inform people? Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of goes into culture, right? So it's, it's how does, you know, what is your company culture and how does that affect, you know, the decisions or, that you're being made both internally and externally? Um, that really kind of helps shape that whole organization, whether you have an open door policy and people know about it or, you know, communication and so forth. Yeah. Well, and, um, just because, uh, you know, being working as general manager and now, uh, recently purchased the marketplace, but congratulations. By thank the way. you. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, how does, how did you go about kind of designing your company culture and how you wanted Matic to look? Yeah. So when, I didn't really, you know, three years ago when I started Matic because I had always, I didn't realize, you know, I thought maybe I would stay a one, uh, one person show. I, I didn't really know. Um, but then things just kind of started falling in line and, and, you know, one person, two people. And, you know, I think right now we're at about eight people between employees and contractors that are kind of in house and, uh, you know, so we had to pull together an employee handbook, which has values and, and, um, you know, there's a lot of that. It was just more of like the exercise of going through and making mm-hmm. sure that you stop and slow down once a quarter and review those things. And, and, you know, I think everybody could always do better. I try mm-hmm. to pull the team together as much as possible. I try to do one-on-ones as much as possible. We had, always open door. We have, uh, you know, human resources department that's available for everybody. And so it's, it's, it's constantly changing the landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the company culture, you know, I'd love to hear what the rest of the team had to say <laughs> on that part, but really I, 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 I just try to be as transparent and, and my goal is to be the hardest worker on the team because then that sets the bar to be the one that, uh, because there, everybody's going to only work as hard as, you know, the person that's helping drive the ship. Right. And, and so we're, we're very much a, a collective group that we all drive together. I feel like we're all kind of on the same level, but we, uh, you know, we all have different jobs. We all have different, uh, reasons for being a part of the team. And so, uh, yeah, the company culture is something that has just uh, slowly been happening, and but it was very important to me. Yeah. And uh, I, I feel like by by saying that is very important, and by you know spending time on it and really thinking through what that means will kind of help the outcome. Yeah. No, I think that is very important. And then a, a quick little thing is I I. 
Netflix, I think about seven or eight years ago, put put out a really, really amazing hundred page uh, company culture deck. Okay. That is, it won awards and it went through this whole process of, and it just has a lot of great values in there. And so I remember in the first couple months, I, you know, downloaded that and had that printed on my desk. And those were some of the things that helped drive um, some of the things. Because as I started to read through it, I was like, these are all the things that really, you know, resonate with me. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure the company's grown and things have changed, but in general, that was uh, yeah, that was something that helped uh, shape kind of what I was what I was doing. Yeah, well, and that's been something you know I've done in in kind of the last six months, been working towards this the eventual end goal of purchasing the company, but studying and talking to other business owners that have you know some layers of in, of team members and things like that, like a yep. decent team, and um, looking into those companies and how did you guys create that culture um how do you kind of change a culture if it hasn't had that the culture you've you were wanting you know stepping into that so um yeah the culture is just it's so huge because if you as a business owner if you take care of your team your team is going to take care of the customers and the clients Mm -hmm. and so really that should be the focus as a as a business owner is you know as small or as big as the team is you know give everything to them and then they will then in turn, uh, you know, give it to the customer, yeah. which is huge, right? And so yeah. that, that will really help um, uh, shape, I guess, the culture or the, or the tone of the business. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. Um, so then uh, circling back around, um, kind of more practical for, for maybe our listeners, and, and what is like, what's like the number one thing that you see local businesses um, or like a missed opportunity that they, that they have. Yeah. So, you know, locally, uh, in, in Stanwood Camano in particular, um, you know, there's, there's been an ongoing conversation. I think will always will be about traditional versus digital, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so the crab cracker or Facebook, you know, which yeah. one's going to reach the audience. And I think the answer is always, the answer is always both, Yeah, you know, so always do everything as much as possible and as good as possible. But really, you got to just think about who you're trying to reach, right? So if your demographic is a little bit older and you feel like that that's where you're going to reach them, then then that's where you should lean in and, and do crab crab ads, do the newspaper, you know, do flyers, do posters, do all those things. And um, but but don't ignore the social media aspect that is obviously very much here mm-hmm. and is very much present and is going to continue to grow uh, because over the last 10 years, because what has it been? It's been like 20, 25 years since the internet's been here. Yeah, It's been 10 years since social media has been here. Uh, I mean, you know more about me because I post on Instagram right. than, than you would ever would have known. And I can't put that in a crab cracker ad or yeah. a newspaper ad. So there's just so much that so much potential with social media that I feel like, you know, local businesses could lean into that more. And Mm -hmm. these services are quote unquote free to you. Yeah. Right. Google my business, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of these platforms are free. So it just comes down to putting out content and and having a purpose with it and a plan and and what you're trying to do with it. Yeah. And something I kind of want to dig into here is, um, 
whenever there's like, so whenever there's a new platform, if it actually takes off, so like um, when Instagram came out or yep. Snapchat or now there's TikTok, yep. when these new social medias come out, there's there's people that uh, that I follow that they're like, your ROI is so much higher because the the number of creatives on that platform is so much less than yep. the viewership. Yep. But I've always kind of countered that specifically here is that our demographic doesn't have most of them aren't jumping on the newest social media. They're usually lagging some. So like when you're doing, when you've worked on marketing campaigns or anything, have you put much energy into these newer platforms or do you still stay with kind of the, the main mainstays? I mean, I, again, it comes down to, for us, it comes down to the client who they're trying to reach. Uh, we personally, as Matic, we, we try to dig in and do all of the, the platforms as much as possible. So TikTok, we're on TikTok and, and more of just for us to discover it and and find out what the nuances are. Mm -hmm. And and really, if you think about TikTok, they're the, they're the next generation, right? Right. So, well, there are future consumers. Yeah. So if you could influence them now to, you know, and so, yeah, of course, that's a long-term strategy that you're marketing to somebody that is going to give you money in 10 years, but for me the the platforms are just a vehicle to Mm -hmm. put out your message so wherever it goes and you want to kind of have a little bit of everything right so and maybe you can lean into a few that you feel like so if facebook you feel like is going to be the most uh bang for your buck you can put your a lot of your effort into there because that's where you're going to get your customers today Mm -hmm. but then you could leverage uh instagram tiktok youtube linkedin some of these others that so that if facebook does go away tomorrow which i seriously doubt it will but (laughs) if it does then you're not stuck on kind of one platform and your your message can kind of carry throughout all of them yeah well and then that kind of brings up another age-old like marketing question is uh, email marketing like yep. so many people or a lot when you listen to people talking from marketers that you know are selling programs or whatever they they still say focusing on the email campaign because that's something that you have like you have their email unless they change it right um you always have access to them versus if you're on any of these other platforms you could get shut down for sure. a number of reasons is that a strategy you guys have worked in or oh yeah definitely i mean email is very definitely big but of course they have the unsubscribe option right yeah and, and gdpr is a is a new privacy policy that's okay come, it started in the uk and now it's coming to the u.s where basically you know if you found an email online doesn't mean it, you can throw it into your uh email uh system right. right you know i have to basically authorize you to market to me yes and so you know, that's something that's going to be that policy or privacy policy is going to be changing and evolving. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, definitely email is a good one, uh, to focus on and, but also text is a new platform. Right. So as emails get clogged up and people are not opening, uh, text is a platform that I want to try and start to gather, uh, because people are allowing us to go into their text messages now. Right. Right. So Which is like the most personal, right. pretty much the most personal you can get at yeah. this point. So. But since nobody's going to, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but people are less likely to answer the phone these days, they don't mind getting a message 
via text message mm-hmm. and it's gonna so over the next you know couple of years uh, definitely text message would be something so if you can get people to opt in with their phone number right uh, and or email you know wh- how you know so have a you know iPad or kiosk or availability to say hey how would you like to know more information text or email yeah then you can start building up those channels and they've got platforms out there that can uh, do do all the the text for you as right. well but like I we haven't started one yet, which I want to, but uh, personally, I'm signed up to a few, and I get yeah. you know messages, and, and it's kind of like my email. I just yeah. either delete it, I read it quickly, but they're saying that um, those are getting much more opens, obviously, because it's yeah. a text message right. versus an email. Like you can either yeah, you can just completely ignore it. Right. Yeah. No one gets the inbox zero anymore. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. Um, so. And we've kind of gone into this a little bit, but um, if you're starting like a big rebrand project, um, take us through kind of your creative process that you go through. Yeah. So, and we work with, uh, you know, a good amount of companies that go, go through rebrands and, and, and so, and so are you thinking like an existing company that wants to rebrand? Yeah. Like for, if, if a company comes to you and says, you know, we're looking to rebrand, yep. um, you know, we want to become more relevant. We feel like we've kind of aged out where we're, our relevancy and stuff like that. Yep. What's kind of your creative process you walk through with them? In yeah. That? So I think that, you know, if you talk about an existing company, so you're probably, you're talking about the logo and the, and, but also the messaging mm-hmm. and kind of where they're putting their time and energy. You know, a lot of that, I we like to stay within the the world that they always have been. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's one client in particular that we worked with that uh, they had a company, the company was around for 20 years. They had a particular logo, but we just, we kept the same vibe, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was just the evolution of it, right? And if you yeah. think about some of the bigger companies, you know, Coca-Cola and McDonald's, they're pretty good about staying the same, but like Pepsi, how many different logos have they gone through? And Well, even like Instagram and Facebook have gone through evolutions over their time. Right. Facebook so. just came out with one like yesterday or something. Oh, I didn't see the newest yeah. one. Yeah. So they, they, yeah. So it's like keeping the same vibe and feeling, but then staying relevant and fresh. I think I think that's important for mm-hmm. all businesses. And, and it might not be your logo. It could just be staying on top of, like, the platforms you use or your your website and and things of that nature. I, I just It's important for people to know that you're investing in your business and staying uh, relevant. Um, and it makes people feel good when they come here as a – as a customer to mm-hmm. your business that they want to, that it's not just, you know, you're not taking care of, uh, your brand or your, or your business. Right. It's not just on autopilot, but you're actually keeping yeah. up to date. You keep investing back in the business. Right. Right. People want to see that. They yeah. want to know that you're continuing to invest and elevate. And it shows that shows that things are growing and, you know, new people are being hired and, and things are happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, what do you see as the future of Matic? Um, that's uh, that's definitely a good one. I'm, I'm, you know, being that I just hit, you know, three years. I, uh, you know, the first, you know, five years has been my focus to try to get up and up and running. I, there are some things that I feel like we've done in three years, and some things I feel like we haven't. But um, 
you know, Matic for me is we're a, it's a lifestyle company that allows me to have an office in in Stanwood and uh, live on Camino. We have clients all over the U.S. and and allows us and and that's what I really like about it is that you know of course our clients know where we are, but it doesn't really matter to them as mm-hmm. long as the end result is a high quality product. Um, you know, it feels good for them and for us. And, and so the future is to really, you know, be a, um, you know, a profitable, sustainable company that can, uh, also, uh, provide opportunity for, you know, uh, you know, creative professionals, uh, that are looking to get in this industry to work at, at work in Matic, but also, you know, because our sole job is to help other companies, uh, we want to we want to really do a good job and make a make a huge impact for those companies, and so that my brand or reputation, yeah. you know, precedes us, you know, as the years go by, and and we're known for you know pulling together really you know strong, uh, impactful you know campaigns and brands for for companies. Yeah, well, and even in the the time that um, I've interacted, not necessarily with Matic directly, but just seeing you guys in the in the, you know, in the local community, um, you guys have done a lot within local companies, within local organizations and nonprofits. Um, you know, I've seen you guys, you're definitely getting out there and, um, it seems like you guys have, at least from appearance of how often I hear about you guys, <laughs> it seems like you guys have been growing quite a bit. Well, that's that good. It means our marketing is working. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, one of the first projects that I was able to work on locally was mm-hmm. Discover Stanwood Camino. Yeah. And um, so that was that was a fun project simply because that drove out of a need of wanting to know, you know, we had a young family. We were looking for things to do on the weekend. And so that was the driver behind um, how could uh, how could you, you get local events, you know, more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, so was able to link up with the city of Stanwood and the Stanwood Chamber and really drive that project forward. And that has uh, continued on with Jessica McCready, and she's done a great job with the mm-hmm. project. So for me, that one in particular was nice because it, it, it affected, you know, close to home, but also was able to, you know, be taken on and, and run run by other people. Yeah. Which was good. Very cool. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid-fire questions. Uh, so the first one is, do you have a lesser-known or favorite location on Camino Island that you like to hang out at? Yeah, I read this question and I was uh, I was gonna I was gonna ask you like what are all these locations and where are they? Because uh, uh, no, I don't really have anything in particular. Um, you know, we we as a family hit up the beaches and and do different things. But I I enjoy seeing the new businesses that are coming to Camino, mm-hmm. the the new restaurants and bars and 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 Terry's Corner has been uh, uh, has been growing great. Um, so I, 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 and I, I don't have anything in particular, but um, um, the little Hobbit trail is kind of fun. Yeah. That's a fun one. But uh, yeah, no, it's been it, it's it's interesting to see how many spots Camino has and the Barnum Point just yeah. opening up, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And um, but no, nothing, nothing in particular. But if you have a, a, a hidden list, let me know. <laughs> All right. Um, pretend you have a friend coming into town from out of town that hasn't been here before. What would their first day look like? 
Yeah, I mean, usually when people come to visit us, uh, you know, we, as most people do, hang out at their, at their place on Camino mm-hmm. and kind of relax a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I do love the, the zip line is a fun time, you know, obviously over at Christopherson Farm. Yeah. And now with Arrowhead Axe being over at Arrowhead Ranch, I think that's going to be a pretty fun activity to, uh, to uh, take people and visitors to. So excited to uh, um, take people over there as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was neat. Uh, we got to do the end of chamber event barbecue thing over there. And it was, okay. it was really nice. Great. Nice area. So, um, who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? Yeah. I was thinking about that one as well. And, uh, have you interviewed, uh, Dave Casera yet? I have not. So Dave, uh, from Casera galleries, got a gallery in, uh, Stanwood. Um, I thought he was kind of an inter- interesting one just mm-hmm. because of uh, uh, being so art-focused uh, in the area. He brings a, a fun flavor to uh, the area. What about Jessica McCready? Yes. Yeah, okay. she was second interview. Oh, okay, great. So, so <laughs> I, f- I was thinking you probably hit a lot of, uh, a lot of the, the people, but... Um, yeah, no, I'm. Um, it's fun actually to listen to your podcast to hear all the fun stories that yeah. uh, that you're helping dig up. So, oh, good. Uh, you know, <laughs> nice work uh, to you for making this happen. Thank you. All right, and lastly, if you could have a, uh, any message on a billboard on Camino Island, right as you're driving on the island, what would that say? Hmm. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not sure. Is this, am I am I promoting Matic or am I promoting <laughs> the island or whatever? Whatever, whatever you feel people need to hear. <laughs> Come to Camino Commons and uh, <laughs> get a bakery. Um, you know, some would say, um, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, um, you know, welcome to CaminoIsland.com, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming out here and joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, no, Brandon. Thanks for thanks for having me. It was uh, it was nice, uh, you know, uh, sitting down with you and talking through everything. And uh, I really I'm really happy that you're doing this because uh, you're br- you're bringing out some stories that people would never never uh, be able to hear. And and uh, so looking forward to hearing more episodes. All right. That. Awesome. Thank you. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Adam Kopp for joining me on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And for more information on this episode or previous episodes, go to kamenocommons.com slash podcast. That's kamenocommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.